It occurs to me this evening to explore this issue of vulnerability.
I've had for the last few weeks, in the last two weeks I've had the girls from the orphanage coming to visit us. And one cannot help but to consider this issue of vulnerability. The question is, fundamentally, how, how different is any human being from any human being? How different are you from a, a girl orphan? One would expect that a girl orphan is the picture of vulnerability and um, <coughs> or somebody who is in need of protection. But in essence, isn't that true for every one of us? Aren't we all vulnerable and in need of protection? And that the difference between you and an orphan is only a difference in kind. There's not only a difference in degree, though, rather. It's not a difference in kind, and it's a very small degree. I came across a quote recently of Castaneda, who said that um, the challenge of being on this path of being human and of pursuing the best in our humanity, in our terms, the path of being the fakir, is to find the balance between the terror of being a human being and the wonder of being a human being. And those two things are true in equal measure. Because you cannot have the wonder without the threat of catastrophe. It is precisely that we stand at the brink of complete annihilation, that we're in the position to witness and therefore bear witness to the overwhelming and unfathomable mercy of our Rabb. And any human being who doesn't recognize that they stand on the abyss of catastrophic destruction is not seeing things as they are. How many people do we know of our sort of circle of friends that were alive um, 18 months ago, two years ago, and aren't alive anymore? There's many of them. And not just old people. There's been a steady march of souls into the hereafter in our acquaintance. Some of them young and healthy people. You see him one day and he looks fine and you're having a conversation with him and the next time you hear of him, he's dead. And it's not even explicable what he died of. It's not like he got poisoned or shot. He just didn't wake up the next day. So if that doesn't tell you that you are teetering on the edge of an abyss, an abyss of complete and catastrophic destruction, 
then you aren't reading the signs. At some point, you will step over that abyss. Every moment that you're in is like a doorway to the next moment. It's an interspace. Death lives in that interspace. And at some point, as you step into the next moment, death will come up and touch you. And it, you won't have a moment after that. And you have no guarantee that this isn't the moment that's facing you now. At all. I'm in, doing three accident investigations, fatal accident investigations, on uh, uh, one of my client minds. Every one of those fatal accidents, that person went to work in the morning assuming that he'd come home that afternoon. That person went underground that day thinking he'd come back to surface. Hmm? He didn't go there to die. All three of them were people who were healthy. They were well. So, it is a blessing to us to have Allah's vulnerable ones in our company. Not because they are different from us. Because they're a dhikr to us. They're a reminder to us. They're a reminder to us of who we are and what, what our station in life actually is. This is why it is a virtue for, to a Muslim to be compassionate towards an orphan and to protect an orphan and to safeguard the rights of an orphan. Because that compassion, that kindness is an expression of a deep insight that there but for the grace of God go I. That the orphan and I are not at all different beings. We are fundamentally in exactly the same position. We are delivered up to the vagaries of something which is far more powerful than ourselves, far bigger than ourselves, and essentially terrifying. And it is precisely that we are in that position of vulnerability that we can attest to the fact that we have been protected. That we can attest to the fact that our life and being alive is an unlikelihood. A friend of mine clearly is of the view that my idea that life is our ally and our benefactor and that Allah delivers for us a life which is our benefactor. He thinks this is a bit of a naive view. And so he sends me a message recently of a person who was, who was attacked in a park in Singapore by a group of otters. What a strange thing. You're walking through the park one day 
And suddenly these 20 otters come for you. Now, they didn't kill the person, but they bit the person quite severely. And they said, how can you say that the universe is benign? How can you say the universe is kind? Yeah, this poor soul was just walking innocently through the park when the otters came for it. And my, my, my idea of this is, well, well, insofar as the person's still alive, surely more has gone right than has gone wrong. It's actually gone well for him if he's still alive. But then the rejoinder would go, well, what if one of those otters actually bit him on the jugular and killed him? Well, what didn't he have? However old he was, let's say the person was 30 years old when he got killed. Didn't he have 30 years of life prior to being killed? So the great miracle of existence and the biggest blessing isn't that life is short. Or the curse isn't that life is short. The blessing lies in the fact that the, the fathomless nothingness of complete empty non-existence was transcended. Even if it was just for a moment for you to be. That is blessing enough. You are not nothing. Insofar as you are something. Insofar as you are a conscious something. That is such a stupendous unlikelihood. That is such an, an unspeakable and breathtaking boon that even if you were only conscious and alive for half a minute, that is still far outstrips the terror of non-existence. The issue isn't that you should, shouldn't die. The issue isn't that at some point you're going to go out of existence. The issue is that you have been, even if it's just for a moment. That is blessing enough. Because that moment of life, you cannot account for on your own intelligence. So for us to listen to all the horror stories about this one being attacked there and this one being killed here, and to use that as evidence for the fact that we cannot trust life, that there's some dark force in charge, is just not appropriate. It's not seeing things as they are. And this is true for all of the nonsense. It's true for the conspiracy theories. It's true for um, the, the, the fixation that we have with the crime and the violence and the, the, the corruption in this country, uh, you know, and it's not to say these things don't happen. Of course they happen. But they're not the fundamental reality. The fundamental reality is that Allah's existence is benign. May Allah grant us nearness to him. May grant us annihilation to him. May grant us death before we die. In Allah, O Malay, Katuhu, Sunu, Nabi, Ya, Yuhaladin, Amin, Sarah, Sunu, Taslima, Allah, Masani, Allah, Sayyidina, Muhammadin, Abdika, or Sunni, Kanabila, Murana, Ali, he was Sahbi, was Sunni, Taslima, Subhanahu, Bikra, Bazatia, my Sufun, was Salam, and Allah, the Sunni, Walhamdulillah.